All right. Welcome to the Celtics Lab podcast. I am your host, Cameron Tuftai. The Celtics Lab podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. I'm with Alex Goldberg. He's on tour. He and Divine Sweater are playing the hometown show at the Sinclair this weekend. Alex, give him the deets Ooh, um, for the YouTube crowd. Yeah. Uh, the deets are that we are having our biggest show yet at the Sinclair, a venue that we have long dreamed of headlining. Um, we're very excited. That's this Saturday. Doors are at seven. First act is at eight. Please come through. We'd love to see you. There's two great other bands, Juniper and All Right Thanks, who are opening for us. It's going to be the biggest show we've ever played by a mile. And uh, I am very, very, very excited. And I hope to see you all there. So tickets are like $15. 15, bucks, 15 baby. Like um, yeah. I love to find sweater. I'm happy to call Alex a friend. The Sinclair is just a cool place to watch a show. So if you've never been and you're even half curious, I can't recommend it more highly. Uh, even if you don't like the music or you don't like Alex, it's a cool place. Um, Justin, who don't, I'm so sorry. You look like a pineapple right now, the way the plant is behind you for the YouTube crowd. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about. Justin says hello. Uh, but I bury the lead because our guest today is our friend from the How About Them Celtics podcast, Sam LaFrance. Sam, how are you? Hey guys, yeah, I'm never the lead. Don't worry about that. Uh, I'm happy to be here though. I'm excited. Uh, we have a lot of the same to talk about with with the all the stuff going on, specifically Dame, which will never end. But yeah, I'm happy yeah. to join you guys. I'm pumped. Yeah, so let's um let's level set. It's Wednesday, four p.m. Um, what's today? The sixth? No, the fifth. Which is important because on the sixth, transactions go live. So we're about a day out, a little less than twenty four hours out from some of the things that have been reported actually going live, uh, but there could be twists. There could be things added to that. So a lot of how we understand the Damian Lillard news, the Grant Williams news, all that stuff uh, has that as a backdrop. So this episode, we'll talk about what's going on in free agency writ large. We'll talk about summer league. We'll talk about Grant Williams and other bits of news. Um, so hopefully there's something for everyone in this episode of the self podcast. How's that? We'll start with the news as we like to do. And we'll start with Damian Lillard, which I'm pretty sick of talking about, but is worth talking about. This is an all NBA caliber point guard, a face of the league. And according to Chris Haynes, uh, the Celtics keep calling, um, whether it's Jason Tatum, perhaps recruiting uh, Dame Lillard by way of Mark Spears, or uh, the Celtics actually calling the trailblazers about a deal. Boston is flirting. Even if Miami is the stated preference for Lillard and and Portland wants to help him. Sam, uh, I don't know how long this has been going on. What do you think of the Dame Lillard to Boston stuff? And then what do you think of the Dame Lillard stuff overall? Okay, cool. Uh, Dame Lillard to Boston. I don't love it just because the avenue to get him here is so just like clear cut. Like the only thing they can do is trade up Jalen Brown. There has been uh, written pieces regarding trades like Brogdon, Rob Williams, million first round picks. In that situation, you're giving up a bunch of firsts, your future, for a point guard that down the line is under contract till he's 36, making $63 million as a six foot three guard that relies on his burst, of course, is a great shooting player. He can shoot yeah. threes, shoots them real far away, super cool. But you don't want him when he's 36, making $63 million because he's going to have to be a different player. These mm-hmm. small guards in the NBA, they don't necessarily age well. Will Lillard be different? Maybe. But it doesn't look great. And then are you going to give up Jalen Brown? Are you gonna? It feels like you're almost giving up on the guy if you do. 
Was the Miami series bad? Oh, yeah. Terrible got play, outplayed by Caleb Martin. Uh, turned the ball over a time. Everyone's making fun of his left hand now. The whole nine. But at the end of the day, before that, he was solid. He wasn't the best, but he was still averaging like 24 and 54 and 47 splits throughout the playoffs. I think giving up Brown would be a mistake, especially because you can have him under team control as he continues to perhaps improve instead of decline six years younger than Lillard, rather than just hoping that you can do an all in win now move, which is what it would be if you went after Lillard. As far as the Lillard situation as a whole, I'm so sick of it. I hate the (laughs) player saying I'm only going to play for this team, especially when they're under contract forever. It's like, what are you just going to not play basketball? Like give up your career. I, I want somebody to challenge these guys on this. I saw something that Utah might be interested in. They may have the assets to actually go get them. Send them to Utah. Yeah, that would rule. Like the opposite of Miami. The opposite of what he wants. And this allows Miami to essentially get him for free, or at least they think they can. Even though I don't really know how free Tyler Hero is. He's kind of getting thrown to the side just because he didn't play. And I mean, he's annoying. His outfits suck and everything. But yeah, (laughs) sick of Lillard, sick of the whole players bossing GMs around. I'm over it. I'm over it. Get it over with. Which to that end, I mean, one of the things we said on this podcast is as much as we hate the Marcus Smart trade emotionally, intellectually, it's Mm -hmm. kind of nice to cover a team that doesn't wait two years too late, like Washington or Portland to make their move. um, Because then you just, you don't really have that many options. Uh, Sam, that was quite thorough, Alex. Um, Alex or Justin, first of all, I'm curious if anyone wants to make the case for Dame uh, yeah. in Boston. I don't I, I don't know that anyone passionately does, but anything we missed? I'll, I'll make the case for Dame just in the sense that I do think that some of the offers and the kind of discourse around Damian Lillard are, are a little bit obscuring just how good of a player he actually is. Um, I get that the contract is big. I get that small guards and the Celtics have plenty of experience with small guards not aging well. Um, But Damian Lillard is a truly exceptional basketball player. I think that he is the best, you know, shooter from the point guard position that isn't named Steph Curry in the league. Um, He's a single, like he's an offense unto himself. Um, He can bail you out of games. His shot making is you know, battle tested, and he is a playoff killer, as we all know. Like, if you get Damian Lillard in playoffs, that guy is going to go off. So, I do think Damian Lillard still has plenty left in the tank. He's a really, really good basketball player, and I can see a world in which the Celtics could make a pretty monster run with him on the roster. But I do think it would be for this year and maybe next year. Like, it would it would slam the window into a very short timetable. And it would put a lot of pressure on this team to win the title right now if they trade for Damian Lillard. Um, The paths that they could even take to trade for Damian Lillard strike me as somewhat implausible. Everything that we've seen from Boston media suggests that their primary focus this offseason is on re-signing Jalen Brown. Um, I would be very, very, very surprised if they dealt him for Damian Lillard, given everything that we know about that. And so then the offer does become like, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, however many picks you want. Um, and to me, that strikes me as a good offer. It doesn't strike me as a great offer. It certainly doesn't strike me as an unbeatable offer. I think there are other teams that can and would beat that offer. So I would put the odds of Damian Lillard being in the Boston uniform next year at less than 5%. But um, I do think... Me too, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 do think, I do think the fit potentially could be really, really good for just that one year, depending on who else is left on the team. 
Dr. Quinn, any thoughts on the Dame thing that we haven't uh, already ex explored? Well, the only other thing that I would add to this conversation is with the size of the salary that he has, unless you're trading a player like Jalen Brown for him, whatever team ends up getting him, you are going to be stripping a lot of valuable depth from the roster of the team that is going to be like housing him for the foreseeable future. Uh, if it doesn't go well, it will be very hard to unload his contract, and it is already fairly hard to unload his contract in a way that makes sense because, as Alex pointed out, you kind of need to be on the downside of your, your title window rather than where the Celtics are on the upside because otherwise you're, you're kind of flushing down the end of it or really, really experimenting with seeing just how bad this new CBA can be for team building. Yeah, I don't feel like I would like Boston to be the team that makes those experiments uh, as much as the Celtics lab podcast we promote the scientific process I don't think Boston you know needs to get their hands dirty on that one so we'll put a pin in it we could be talking about this for hours or weeks depending on how things shake out I mean Portland it seems like they want to do right by Dame as well they might um, but they're under no stress to make this happen right now also I'll just add that Dame's played with um Portland since 2012 was it and Mark Smart uh, was only two years after that so the Smart tenure and the Dame tenure aren't dramatically that different okay some more bits uh, about news and then in the lab portion of the programming we'll talk more about Grant Williams and we'll talk more about this Jalen Brown extension uh, which as of again this recording we don't have extra information but we'll talk about what we think we know so in the interest of news before we get all to that Mark Smart and Grant Williams hosted events in Boston in early July. Grant hosted a youth camp at BU. Despite his restricted free agency, he didn't really talk about it. Um, but he was out there uh, in the community before he went to the uh, whiteout party or whatever the hell. Like junior like The place is. he uh, really didn't fit in. I'm sure. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, he's a high up in the MBPA. He's That's Jason true. Tatum's yeah. friend. I'm sure my, I'm was sure our invitation got think? lost in the mail, you know? Wow. <laughs> Maybe he's just like in the, in the neighborhood. No, I think Grant, look, he moves and shakes in the NBA. I don't know how much, you know, that's impressive to Robert Kraft or Kim Kardashian, but I just really, I, I just really okay, like uh, the idea of yeah. uh, Grant Williams trying to talk to Kim Kardashian about Settlers of Catan at the all-white party. That seems like a really cool and fun thing. <laughs> I love that. I yeah. saw that. That's so funny. That was so funny. Um, so Grant is out and about. He's visible. I mean, he's in restricted free agency. He has a qualifying offer. We'll get to that. So Marcus Smart, anyways, hosted an event. It ended up being in uh, the Dana, Dana Barrows gym. I don't have the exact name in front of me down in Stoughton. But it was an event that was on the calendar before the trade. And other than a venue change, Smart's camp wanted to keep it there. He uh, told media he didn't really want to do much media. He uh, didn't do much media, but he did give an interview with CNS. And among other things, he said he a few days before the trade happened, was told he was safe. Sam, I know you've talked about this uh, with Jack on your podcast, but any quick smart thoughts since that interview has come out? Yeah, the blanket smart statement I think I'm going to start running with is they'd better win because I yeah. hate I hate that they got rid of him. That's my guy. That's my favorite player. I hated that they got rid of him. So you'd better win a championship if you're going to do this. Um, I don't like that they blindsided him, of course, just because it, it doesn't sound good. Like I, I always throw out the Anthony Davis's dad angle to the Celtics because he was always like, I don't want my son playing there after what they did to Isaiah Thomas. And then this is like yeah. just another like chapter of Celtics kind of doing guys dirty. If it's true. What context do you guys think that they told him that in though? Cause I was texting with a buddy 
and he was like, well, do you think that was during the exit interview? And if it was, and he was like, am I safe? What are they going to do? Say no. And, and be like, you know, we're, we're trying to trade you. But I do, I don't know if I believe that's what happened. I do think they just kind of were like, yeah, we're not going to trade you. And then they did. So, but I, then I, there I, are people on Twitter that are like, they were going to trade him anyway. And I still cannot find out where people are getting that from. Do you guys know? I don't think there's anything specific to him being planned for the, shall we say, centerpiece of uh, like it being a goal to trade Marcus Smart. There is an yeah. argument to be made there that the way that he defends puts a lot of hurt on his body, as we saw last season, with him basically being hurt the entire season playing through it. But I think what just ended up happening was they told him as much as you can be reasonably sure about these kinds of things in the NBA that they didn't plan on trading him. But per his comments about, you know, not being too upset about the business aspect of the league, I think he realized that they were kind of in a panic mode situation to get a deal they really felt was important to do for the good of the whole team rather than just Marcus Smart. And that put them in a position where they had to renege on their promise to him, if it was even a promise. I yeah, would, I think... uh, yeah, I'd largely agree with that statement, JQ. I mean, by all accounts, they were trying to get the Porzingis deal done with Malcolm Brogdon and the Clippers up until the point at which they weren't. To me, it sounds like more than anything, the smart move was a secondary pivot for a team that was really, really hot for Christoph Porzingis. Yeah, and not for nothing, uh, my, uh, Miami Memphis sniffed around Marcus Smart when he was a uh, free agent most recently, and so he ended up at a team that has been, you know, barking up a tree for a while and a team that maybe he's shown mutual interest. So, yeah, Sam, I, I don't like restarting the clock that, you know, the Celtics and Brad Stevens have no remorse in moving players around like chess pieces. Uh, I guess the middle ground, again, is somewhere out there because being a team that's overly loyal to players, um, not, to, not to be like reductive and adversarial about it, but doesn't always pay off. So I think... It's true. Hat tip to Smart. I, I didn't think that interview was... He, he's entitled to be emotional or dramatic, but I didn't think it was dramatic. I think he was just kind of stating how things were. Um, some of the pictures and the videos, I mean, he clearly connected with the fans and that was more important than anything else. So I'm happy he had that that farewell. I, I think I said this immediately after it happened. The first game back when Memphis plays Boston, whenever that's going to be, is going to be so heartbreaking. But Big money ticket. I, I just can't wait to empty the account. Has... um. Has Tom Brady played in Foxborough as a Buccaneer? Yes, Did he he, he yeah. broke the passing record actually. The one time that ah. they came back. All right, fans of Boston would be fine then if they saw that happen. Holy crap, that happened! That's so funny. You you just missed that? I don't know. I don't, know. I I don't even like football. I just remember that dominated the news coverage that week. It was insane. Awesome story. Couldn't, I missed couldn't. it, but I'm in Mexico, so yeah. Hey, there's nothing finer than a Sunday afternoon in New England, apple picking or going to Salem or something. Sorry, NFL. Okay. Anyways. No, I agree. Football sucks. I said it. Hate me yeah. for it. Boring. Yeah, Alex. We hate the Titans, Alex. The um, Titans specifically? You can't hate no. the Titans any more than I hate the Titans as a Titans fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some more news and then the lab. Uh, we Oh, actually, Sam, I'd love to your take. So we've seen Jordan Walsh, the Celtics new rookie. Uh, he went to the Auerbach center. He and JD Davison got some shots up and they kind of previewed the summer Celtics. What do you think of Walsh before we talk about summer league? So I think Walsh has a really good attitude. Of course he did the pandering. Like this is a great organization. 
uh, yada, yada, yada in his opening interview at the charity event. But I do think his game suits a second round pick trying to break onto the roster, right? He plays hard, isn't the best shooter. He's kind of athletic long enough to fit. I don't love the amount of pressure people are putting on him to get in right away and really fit in and get a role. Like people are expecting him to play like a key part in the rotation next year. I don't know if that'll happen. It could, I could be wrong. I don't know. We'll see on Saturday when they start this summer league off and what to really make of him. Um, But people are like so desperate to replace Marcus smart that they're like, this is him. He's the next guy. You know, it's like maybe probably not yet. He was what the third, fourth best guy in Arkansas last year. And I, I don't know that much about college basketball, but I do know they had two really high first round picks or at least prospects, you know, Nick Smith fell. Um, but Anthony Black went to Orlando at number six. Those guys are good players. Like he played an okay role. Him having a smaller role in Arkansas could help him transition to the NBA where he's not yeah. expected to do a ton and he hasn't been. So he's more used to that role and he won't be shell shocked or nervous or awkward in that role but i don't think it's fair to expect too too much out of him right away could be a great pick though didn't like that i had to wait so long for it you're telling me sam um wow that was good that was good commentary i thought you you were like oh i don't know anything about college basketball except for these very specific things about college basketball well you learn after the guy joins your team you start you start to like go back in time and learn but when it's happening don't ask me march don't know don't know what to bet i'll sit there and watch just like everyone else I watched one one game of his when UConn beat them. I believe that was in the Sweet 16. Yes, it was. Uh, okay, that's enough college basketball for, for me, so I'm moving on. Okay, uh, Peyton Pritchard has been spending the summer in Cape Cod. Not only did he get engaged to podcaster Emma McDonald, who's been dating a while, congratulations. I do think it's a little curious that he's not in you know Oregon or elsewhere vacationing that he's just hanging out in new england i'm sure that doesn't mean anything long term but i thought i'd be on record saying it in case it sounds smart later um dr quinn i have no idea what this drebco thing is other than it sounds juicy can you explain what this is uh yeah so basically at the very start of the russia ukraine conflict special operation whatever you want to call it the Russian uh, basketball franchises that participate in EuroLeague or have participated in EuroLeague until they got kicked out of it uh, for the foreseeable future uh, were offering more money. Uh, People like Shabazz Napier were playing there. Uh, I guess uh, former Celtic Jones Jarebko made the trip out there as well. Uh, He did get told he might get some flack for it. Uh, Whatever he was told at the time, now he's saying that he regrets his decision, that it was the wrong decision, and that he wants to play for the Swedish national team who have basically blacklisted him. And uh, if you if you look out at the, Roy- the Reuters article that uh, I pulled that from for an article for Celtics Wire, the Swedish national team sounds like they would be open to mending fences, but there is, for whatever reason, a gap in communication between the two parties. So he's, he's making uh, some headlines for all the wrong reasons. I feel extremely confident that if Jonas Jarebko played for the Boston Celtics this year, they would have won game seven against Miami. I'm going to take that to my grave. That's cool. I like that take. <laughs> it's well, so hard to refute. Number. What's that? 
if you wear eight again, I, I have this big thing. Like, I don't want guys coming back to this, the team if they can't wear the same number. I don't like the confusion. Don't mm. don't want the two different numbers. So if he was number eight, yeah, I'd say they win. I'd like for the Celtics Lab podcast to host Anis Cantor and Jonas Trebko, and we can talk about the we the can fi- host the finer host- bits of what's going on with NATO. We can um, host it, uh, one of those guests. Cantor who got dunked on on Twitter pretty hard. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah but again, the same my pronouns are DNPCD. Yes, <laughs> great reply to him. Yeah, man. Um, well, okay. I guess I guess Celtics Lab hosting the next great NATO summit isn't going to happen then. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's do two minutes on whatever's going on with Twitter because it's pertinent to a lot of NBA fans. And then we will hop into the lab to about Grant Williams and Jalen Brown. So if you're a, a NBA fan who doesn't use Twitter, first of all, good for you. Just hit skip for like the next two minutes and we'll be back shortly. Otherwise, um, it seems like the site is breaking or uh, our ability to like morally stomach the thing is breaking. I don't think jumping over to Mark Zuckerberg's t- Twitter remake is, is like morally that defensible. Um, but good luck to anyone who wants to join it. Sam, uh Give me your time horizon on Twitter, and uh, if you have Blue Sky, plug your Blue Sky or Mastodon or Threads. Or I whatever definitely they- don't have any of those alternatives because I kind of don't know what I didn't know what they were before like two seconds ago. I had seen people posting them, but I was like, I don't know what site this is. People are just posting them. Uh, I'm very petrified that Twitter will go down. I love, like, I'm addicted to Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. Uh, like, literally, I had like a, a freak out like one morning. I was at the gym and. <laughs> Twitter wasn't working that morning. And I was like, did it happen? Did Twitter go down? Like, we don't have Twitter. Twitter is essential to being an NBA fan. Like, there is no, like, it should be a finable offense to screw with Twitter during free agency of all times. Like, this is when it's July. We have nothing going on. That's all we have as NBA fans. And you can't, you can't screw with it. Then I will say since Saturday, I've not got the, the rate limit thing. Yeah, I think they, I, what I think happened was there was just a big glitch. And so they shut down a lot of services and claimed it was a new policy until they fixed the glitch. Um, yeah, going just, on, in, going on yeah. Instagram and getting like NBA breaking news two days later feels so bizarre. It's just not, um, Alex, what were you going to say? And then Justin, plug, oh, your blue, plug blue sky I, for us. I was just going to say that now is a perfect time to go public with my stance of Joe Biden. It is time to nationalize Twitter and make it a public utility. Let's do it. Mm. I'm for it. Yeah, I would prefer to see uh, Twitter survive, but I I have a feeling that it's not. Regarding Blue Sky, it just seems to be the place so far organically. Most of the NBA heads seem to be migrating to, but it's very early in the game. And it's quite possible that something else is going to happen, that Twitter is going to be fixed or bought by a competent uh, owner or who the heck knows what else is coming. But we do need to uh, do something to, at least in the NBA sphere, address our uh, addiction as a media uh, source, I guess you could say. As for the nationalization thing, I mean, I'm, I'll nationalize anything. I'm, I'm with you on that, Alex. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, uh, except for every four years in this country, like the, the most evil people you can think of get to run the country. So We're having a revolution years. before that, Tim. Oh, Don't I worry. forgot. Oh, we got a lot cook. We got a lot on the plate this summer. Okay, let's. Are all of our uh, iTunes reviews are like this is a good podcast, except for people being like sometimes the audio quality is a little off, or like are these communists? And the, and the answer is yes, our audio quality is off. Okay, let's hop into the lab and let's talk about the basketball again. So people who jumped ahead, welcome back. 
let's so Jalen Brown we'll, we'll revisit it but we just don't know um no news doesn't mean bad news so we'll come back to that in a moment but Grant I think we we can talk about a little more so we'll do that and with remaining time we'll talk about Jalen Brown but uh, unless someone thinks this extension isn't happening and wants to talk about Jalen Brown first I Perfect. sure hope it happens sure hope it, yeah. yeah I mean I think Jalen Brown and the Celtics agree with you but we'll talk about that anyways Grant Williams is a restricted free agent there is a qualifying offer worth eight and a half-ish million dollars the Celtics have put out there. So uh, he can say yes and return to the Celtics for one year at that amount. He could renegotiate a salary with the Celtics, uh, although the amount of money Boston has available right now is pretty limited. And in fact, they probably will we'll get to that. Um, a team with cap space could sign him outright, but those options are dwindling fast. And possibly a sign and trade could be facilitated either with a team with cap space or a team with a creative uh, capology department. Dr. Quinn, anything I missed in terms of like the latest news here? Uh, A couple of things. Well, he can't exactly renegotiate his salary so much as he's been tendered the qualifying offer. He can take that or the Celtics can offer to pay him more and more years if they want to. Yeah. Um, there has been some speculation. Uh, there's only a couple of, of teams that could sign him outright being the Spurs and the Hornets. The Hornets seem to be using him as leverage against PJ Washington, who I'm pretty sure they're going to just resign him because why blow up a relationship he already has that's working well for a player who's very similar and is going to make very similar money. Uh, so I don't expect that to be an issue for the Celtics unless it goes south for some strange reason in Charlotte, but with the Mavericks, they were looking at Grant and uh, Matisse Teibel, and it, as far as I know, it's not a finalized deal yet, but he has announced he's going to sign, the, uh, Teibel is going to sign the offer sheet. Uh, his last home, the, the Blazers, I think, would be able to match that if they wanted to. I don't expect them to. I suppose the Blazers be, could become a cap space team soon enough. Um, we, we think that the Pacers were interested, but but they got Obi Toppin, so unless they they also make a move, it doesn't seem like a logical fit anymore. So the lay of the land is kind of shifting, but basically for Celtics fans, you just have to keep an eye on teams with cap space that could or would want to sign Grant Williams outright. Or a full MLE being available to them. But because the Celtics keep threatening to match that, nobody's, nobody's bitten yet, nor can they, because, again – don't expect anything on the grant front until the sixth, which is the soonest he could sign an offer sheet. Sure. And Sam, I'm going to go to you in a second, but just to help people out, Boston has offered eight and a half ish million. The full MLE is 12, a little less than 12 and a half million. So those are the numbers that we're looking at. Both of those numbers would have the Celtics flirting with or going over quite sincerely the second apron. So Sam, whether or not you like the basketball fit or the person, keep the second apron in mind. What do you think happens with Grant Williams? What do I think happens? It seems like nobody wants to pay him that badly. Like all the teams that did want Grant wanted other guys more. We kind of touched upon it, right? Like Obi Toppin went to Indiana along with Bruce Brown, who they paid a ton of money, but it's just for one season if they decide they don't want to pass this year. So that's fine. Um, Dallas pays Tybal today. They give him the offer sheet. And then, like you guys said, these teams are kind of shook that Boston's just going to match their offer sheet. So they're just not in on him. So if they can keep Grant for, you know, the qualifying offer, or if somebody does give him the MLA and they can match it fine. Here's what I feel about the second tax apron 
as far as the Celtics are concerned, right? If the Celtics need to go over it, it's not the worst thing in the world because a lot of their guys are under contract for a while. They don't necessarily have to make a ton of moves to reshape their roster. They just extended Porzingis. Tatum is on a contract extension. He's going to be due for one soon. Brown Mm -hmm. is supposed to get extended now. But even when they have to extend Tatum, they have bird rights they can go over, I believe. I'm not the smartest guy with the cap. I truly am not. Uh, Derek White under contract for a while. Brogdon, um, Rob Williams is still going to be under contract too. Horford has an extension. If they were to bring back Grant, he would be part of that. Like they don't have a ton of like things they need to change right now. So but I feel like that restricts the teams that are looking to make moves. What happens? Let's just say I'm not going to put a name on it so that everyone doesn't murder me if it does happen. But a key player gets injured. Mm. And you have to move their contract. Now you're stuck with four 30, number 30 picks plus whatever else you can get for seconds, right? What do you do if player X decides they need to be on another team and you need to find a way to get a replacement in? Uh, the the on-contract thing, I, I, I do agree that they are better positioned than a lot of teams to be in a situation where they can just be like, screw whatever. But at least with Al Horford and Rob Williams and Kristaps Porzingis all being kind of in terms of availability and health and age, uh, I am a little concerned. But to strike a balance between your position and the one we are assuming the Celtics are going to take in terms of staying out of the second apron territory, they can get out of it at the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's ultimately sorry to just jump on that, but that is ultimately kind of how I see this playing out is with the status of Grant's market being pretty dry right now. The reality that he probably has as much of or maybe even less of a role on the team than he did last year. Uh, and the fact that in all likelihood, based on what we know now, it's probably going to end up just being the qualifying offer or um, you know, kind of ro- and kind of rolling into next year, I would expect that the logical outcome of the Grant Williams saga is that he will stay on the Celtics for this year and be moved at the trade deadline for a bag of potato chips or something like that. When it Isn't it a-, a possibility? Sorry, Cam. Yeah. If down the line, I mean, how long is Horford going to play? Once he retires, this Grant money could fill that now 10 million that he's on, depending on the closeness of whatever contract he agrees to it almost feels like grant's going to be more important in a couple years than he is today because like you said he's not going to have a role like there's no minutes porzingis rob al all going to be playing instead of him but horford's going to like have father time catch up to him it could be this year hopefully not i i think that's fair i also think though that it's unlikely that grant would be happy basically sitting for two years and waiting True. out the remainder of Al Horford's contract. And I think that for chemistry reasons and for second apron reasons and all sorts of other reasons, I, I would be really surprised at this point if Grant is doing more than one more year in Boston. Him and Pritchard can play patty cake on the bench. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there is, a, there is a possibility, but in that scenario, then you're going to have to lose one of Rob, one of Al, or one of Malcolm, most certainly, because I don't think any of the other big big money players are going to be moved, and you need to make enough space uh, with a deal while also getting back the depth parts that you need. It's a really tight rope to walk. Uh, I think it can be done, 
if that's what the the front office thinks and they have a plan, which I'm sure they would, uh, it's not an impossibility, but it's going to be interesting because they're still going to be, I think like the 110% rule for trades is going to be taken, like kicked into effect for them. Uh, there, there will be some penalties that will strike them immediately for being over that on day one of the season. Uh, though presumably they would have a 15-man roster, so they would have at least the use of that third two-way slot, which I think is going to be pretty important to the Celtics if they do continue this way. And just one last point, and then we should move on to that point, which is that um, in addition to all, all of the cap of the cap that is currently being taken up by the Celtics' big money deals uh, to come in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Derek White is going to be significantly more expensive on his next contract. And if you want that guy to be your starting point guard, which as it stands right now, he is by default Boston's starting point guard, um, then you are going to have to be able to move around guys like Grant and Malcolm Brogdon in the foreseeable future just to retain a guy like Derek White. So um, I, I think cap-wise, it, it, it's going to be really hard. And Grant being a cap casualty would be one of the least surprising developments to me. Uh, I have a question before we get out of here. When did Horford sign his... Is Horford trade eligible or no? I believe he is. He signed his extension September or October of last year, I want to say. God, what a long year it was. Um, I just, I'm going to do this again on it, clip this for future use. I wonder if they'll trade Al Horford this summer to free up gap space. I actually don't think, if I'm Brad Stevens and I am able to move Marcus Smart and not care about the emotional side to it, I would trade Horford in a heartbeat Um, with respect to Al Horford, whom I love. I just, I would rather have Grant Williams um, for more years than Al Horford. I disagree with you on that, but that is, that is just me. I think uh, Grant Williams as an Al Horford replacement has always struck me as the most most optimistic outcome. Yeah. I don't know. Porzingis is the Al Horford replacement. I don't know. I think, I think, I think it's safe to say that we're going to see some very hard decisions and non-optimal outcomes, no matter what path they choose to take, because that's how this new CBA is supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets tighter next to the following summer. So maybe Grant opts in and they're a little bit over the second apron. And then next summer, they really try to duck it. Okay. Speaking of future uh, finances and uh, we'll, we'll keep this brief. So Jalen Brown hasn't signed the extension that we assume is coming. It's five years. I guess I don't know the exact math, just shy of $300 million, which is to say Jalen Brown would have to turn down well north of a quarter of a billion dollars guaranteed with a team he's played for for however many years uh, if he wanted to play elsewhere. So Sam, is there any reason to actually believe that this isn't happening? The only way that it makes sense for them not to come to an agreement is if they really are dead set on trading him doesn't feel like it makes a ton of sense for that. There's no reason there's no player out there. That's more appealing than Brown to the Celtics, right? Like Dame, we already talked about, like, why would you want him for that long? Who else? Like heroes, another name that's out there. You training Jalen for hero. No, there's just no names that are appealing. Sign Jalen, keep him around. He wasn't perfect in the playoffs, of course, but, he had a pretty good season, made all NBA, of course, to earn this Supermax extension. The whole Celtics fan base, for the most part, was like, please make the all NBA team so they can extend him. And now they're all like, oh, do they really want to extend him yeah. now? <laughs> like they got what they wanted. And they're like, oh, no, like, what are what are they going to do? They have to pay him. It's like, yeah, 
You have a free like wheel to keep one of your best players. Poor Celtics. Yeah. Guy, guy's like a great <laughs> player. He's been here his whole career. Keep him around. Him and Tatum don't hate each other. Like they like each other. He's just like different than everybody else. He's he's quiet. Doesn't, you know, always voice his love for the city. He's said some things where he doesn't seem to like Boston, but yeah, they're gonna pay him. That's for sure. I, they should pay him. He's he's earned it. And and to that end, even if you do ultimately decide that it's wise to break up the Tatum and Brown duo, you shouldn't do it this year just from a trade value standpoint. Mm. Get him under contract. He his trade value goes way, 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 way up when he is locked in on a deal. Like if if ultimately the Tatum Brown pairing is untenable, even if that is the case, it doesn't make sense to break them up this year. It would make sense to break them up next year or beyond. You get more pieces back, he gets more money. It's just yeah. there's no reason not to do it that way. Yeah, it's not a novel thought, but a lot of people have dunked on James Harden for how much money he's left on the table the past few years. Jalen Brown is no dummy. He's going to take as much money as possible. And this time next year, he can just agitate for a trade as well. He might. So uh, there's been reporting from a lot of people. Our friend Jared Weiss over the athletic, for example, it says that the Brogdon trade could still be on the table with the Clippers and Brian Windhorst of ESPN says maybe the Grant Williams situation and the Malcolm Brogdon trade situation have to resolve themselves. So Jalen's been in Saudi Arabia doing stuff. And if both sides understand that this is coming, Maybe they don't look that the Celtics front office is fine being disagreeable. So they don't really care that you were all geared up July 1st for this deal to go through or anything like that. So I think we all think it's going to happen. Um, some reporting has hinted that maybe there's some gamesmanship and there are some bonuses and there is some minutia to, to be negotiated, but uh, neither side is walking away from a really, really good deal, especially one that they get back out of this time next year. So there's our requisite. We talked about Jalen Brown. Speaking of which, requisite me trying to pronounce the newest members of the Celtics' names. Mm. Um, Delano Banton, Highway of Canada. Am I right about this? He's the Canadian yeah. kid. Yep. Um, but also by way of prep school of Massachusetts, I think. A um, couple of them, I think. Yeah. A couple of them. O'Shea Brissett by way of the Pacers. Yeah. But yeah, go Cameron, go. And uh, oh, I've never heard this guy's name said out loud before. Udoka Azubiki. Maybe I, good I enough. I've yeah. heard similar. I think Jack and I came to Azabuke. Yeah, that sounds more plausible. I think um, I like Azabiki. Yeah, no, let's roll with that. Who cares what his name's supposed to sound like, right? Apparently, I have to go to Vegas now to find out. Um, <laughs> okay, so these gentlemen are members of the Celtics. Depending on what happens with everything else that we just outlined, they could be important members of the rotation, or they could be. Uh, people who sit on the bench um so we won't spend too much time on them least of which we've got places to be but sam any of these guys that you are particularly jazzed about so the actual exciting thing to me about banton is he's going to play in the summer league it came out today from himmelsbach that he's going to play so that's exciting to me we get to see a new signing almost instantly uh same with azubuke who jack and i have been watching all these highlights on our channel of like these guys in preparation of summer league and he looks pretty impressive. We're like going back and forth, of course, watching a mixtape of highlights. We're like, why doesn't this guy get minutes? You know, just intelligent conversation. But he looks pretty impressive. He's athletic. He can finish under the basket. Uh, the other two guys on this list that you guys have, uh, Valerio Bodon out of Hungary, I believe, and Kiss and All, who's mm-hmm. coming from Maine, are both pretty interesting, too. We watched them. Um, it's just Summer League is exciting to me this year. O'Shea Brissett's going to be fine. He'll, he'll probably just hang out on the bench and – 
clap until they need him. But Banton could be in the rotation, depending on what they do with Brogdon, because like we just talked about, maybe he's not on the team next year. They kind of tried to trade him. Is he cool with that? Probably not. Who knows? He, he's good in transition. That's an exciting thing. Can't shoot. Yeah. yeah. I really go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh God, we're off. Um, I was just going to say, I like that uh, Banton is Ocean State job lot Ben Simmons. I feel like that's a fun mm-hmm. acquisition. You know, he's big, he's lanky. It seems like his defense is pretty solid. He can, uh, you know, just kind of put his arms around the rim and score, which is good. The shot making seems like it's not really going to be there. It would be a, a pleasant surprise if it did come down, but um, I'm not bounding, betting on it. And, you know, realistically, he's going to probably play about you know, 600 total minutes this year, all in garbage time. So it's it's not going to be like the biggest thing in the world, but sure, why not? Yeah, I want to plug uh, Sam and Jack's uh, video highlights yeah. of watching these guys' highlights. That was a blast. Uh, it's a good way to get caught up on how they play, what you can expect to see from in Las Vegas. And the thing that really strikes me for all of these guys is there are so many players at multiple positions with seven-foot wingspans uh it's going to be very interesting to see i'm sure only one of these guys is ever going to see any real significant minutes with the actual celtics if that but just to see like jordan walsh but uh, valeria badone kasunal and now this delano bonton guy uh, all on the court maybe even at the same time uh i'm actually slightly interested in watching las vegas summer league which is kind of amazing <laughs> It's true. That's exactly how I feel. Sam, um, what's the segment on how about them sees like rat mode or something? What is it? Rat list. Yeah, rat rat list. list. Can I do a rat list? Yes. Okay, well, tell tell the people what I'm referencing and then I'm going to do it. So at the end of each podcast, the full length ones, Jack and I will go through things, whether it's basketball related, just life related that have annoyed us. Call them rats, put them on the rat list. We have a big rat that's on the middle of our screen. Uh, So yeah, go ahead. Who's your rat? My rat for uh we're borrowing this segment is the legion hoops tweet would you mm. rather be given a million dollars up front or 20 million mm-hmm. if you can score 15 points in an nba game yo most nba players can't score 15 points in an nba game are you kidding take the money <laughs> the stupidest the prompt money. i hate these hypothetical prompts that one's particularly stupid take the money yeah justin you have i've a got one i've got one myself <laughs> as well uh all of these and no offense to you i'm sure you are trying to do a good thing but just the nature of what twitter is and how you do it those kinds of accounts like please just like if you want to use them to find the actual story great but don't please don't retweet them and treat them as the context barren bullshit aggregation you get my point and I'll uh, chime in here uh, with uh, Rat List. The Rat List goes to the people who are in charge of uh, flyers being put up in Harvard mm. Square. Listen, come on. <laughs> ripping ripping down a flyer because it doesn't have a permit for a band that's going to play in four days is ridiculous. I, nobody cares about the aesthetics of Harvard Square enough to rip down that flyer. What are you doing? Harvard Square used to have a fun sort of grungy charm to it it and it's just been completely stamped out by real estate development and just like bizarre respect for aesthetics that don't matter leave the flyer up all right nationalize the flyer industry in harvard (laughs) square as well um 
Sam, plug your podcast. And for as long as Twitter is around, plug your Twitter for us. All right. Yeah, deal. So if you want more of me, you can catch Jack Simone and I on the How About Them Celtics podcast. We're on YouTube. We do a ton of stuff there, daily uploads. Uh, if you're just on your phone listening on Spotify or Apple, we're there too. Uh, so you can get us there and socials at How About Them C's, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. I'm sure I'm complaining about something. Yeah, you're good at it. Um, I'll close with this. First, I'll say this episode of the Celtics Lab podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. Sam, do you know that technically Jack is my boss now? Because he's, really? an, ed- he's an editor at USA Today, SMG. Jack yeah. is just a machine. Jack's yeah. kind of everybody's boss. Like Jack can be <laughs> my boss if he wants, pretty much. Uh, he, yeah. he rules. He's the best. If you don't know Jack, follow him too. I Jack's my NBA. Way to move the product. That's great. All right. Um, check out Sam and Jack at How About Them Celtics. Uh, check out Alex and Divine Sweater at The Sinclair. Check out me and Justin Quinn at Celtics Wire. And we will catch you next week. Until then, hopefully with more news on Grant Williams and Jalen Brown. Otherwise, we're just pissing the wind a little bit longer. Otherwise, have a good week. Adios. <laughs>